If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the Toast and a Happy Hour. I'm going to do a little jazz scat version. Friday, scat, scat, Friday, scuba doo down on Friday. All right, that didn't work the way that I wanted to do. No, happy Friday. Think that the podcast is skipping. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, they are. You guys, the podcast isn't skipping. The toast is here, and it's Friday, finally. The longest, shortest week of all time. You know what doesn't make sense? Mm. This week. This week. Yeah, no, we need to put this week behind us. Like, we thought it was going to be something that it wasn't. So true. Like, we kind of were hoodwinked. Yeah, but... Now we know and we've learned and we can move forward with these lessons. And we can do better. We can do better for next year. And I think we're also anxious to get the week over with because of Turdy Lou's birthday. So true. So we can get this, you know, really, truly treacherous milestone and put it behind us. No. So we can enjoy the festivities to the fullest. Turdy Lou is 29 and still growing up now. Facts. Facts. Today is also, more importantly, not to make everything about me, so I won't. Today's Olivia's birthday. Our eldest sister, our wisest sister, our most beautiful sister. She doesn't even listen to the podcast, and she's taking like a little vacation for her birthday, so she's certainly not supporting her sisters while on vacation. But on the off chance that she sees this or hears this, sorry, just hears, today's audio only. Um, Olivia, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. I won't torture everyone with the whole song, but happy birthday, Olivia. We love you. We do love you. And I actually think she will listen today to see if we talked about her and her birthday. I know this is like the pot calling the kettle black, but our sisters are so self-involved. Like the way they only listen to the podcast when we talk about them. Like we're hilarious. We provide other value. No, but she loves the show and she does watch when she has the time. So it's, I don't have a bone to pick with her quite like the snitch. The snitch Um, who is so poised to be a toaster yet refuses. Like she's always has AirPods in. She's always working. She could do a little like split screen toast. She's also, like, obsessed with pop culture. Olivia really isn't. Mm-hmm. So you're right. Like, if Margo wasn't our sister, she would be a toaster. She'd and the fact that she is our sister and she's not, like, that's fucking rude. It is. We should launch another podcast, like, under aliases. Yes. That's, like, still Fire Flames, same deal, and watch how she would listen. That is a really interesting proposition, and I'm extremely down for it. Let's do all of that work just to get our sister to listen to us. To notice us. If you have a little sis, like, you know that's actually not the craziest idea. So true. Well, happy birthday, Olivia. And it's also Speak Now TV Day. It is Speak Now TV Day. And what's so interesting, like, if Olivia was a Swifty, she would be quaking, is, you know, there's so many numbers in, you know, Taylor Swift is much like Gamatria, if you know what that is. Um... There's so many numbers in the Taylor Swift universe that have important meaning. Um, in Speak Now, there's a few numbers that are dates, ages, you know, 
that July 9th, the beat of your heart. July 9th is a big day for the Swifty community. Um, the age 32 is a big day for the Speak Now community. So the fact that Olivia's birthday is the day that Speak Now came out, comes out, and she's 32 and still growing up now. She can't even appreciate it. I'm so jealous. You should just like write her a caption that I did. Oh, like a birthday caption for her to post. That encapsulates these things and just be like, Me, by the way, okay. free idea. People will love it. If she listens to this episode, here's your caption, Olivia. 32 and still growing up now. Like, that's the lyric. That's, Period. That's the, that's the caption. Okay, I love that. Um, do we have a story about Speak we Now do. TV? We do. We have a story okay. about the news that Speak Now TV is making. So we'll put all of our thoughts into that so far. We'll I, put all of our thoughts and prayers in there. I did not stay up, so I've been listening for like the last... 20, 25 minutes. And what I don't like to do is to listen to an album out of order, but I've been forced to do that so that I could listen to like the key songs, you know, The Vaults, the Better Than Revenge, and my favorite song from the album, Dear John. Oh, okay. So I went in the order of I immediately went to Better Than Revenge. Then I went to Last Kiss to see if the shaky breath was there. Spoiler alert, it was not. What does that mean? So... In Last Kiss on the first version of Speak Now, the now stolen version, um, in the bridge. Is that what the fans are calling the old versions, the stolen version? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Now it's called like stolen version, scooter version, like stolen version. It's SV. SV, exactly. Um, In the bridge of Last Kiss, um, let me think exactly where it is. It's like Taylor Swift, and she actually has said – recently this week that Last Kiss is the saddest song she's ever written and she's so young when she's singing it on the original track she's like clearly there's like a lot of emotion in it Mm -hmm. and in the bridge um she has this like really shaky breath right before it's like really sad it sounds like she's about to cry and people were like I hope she recreates the shaky breath it's a very small detail that the Swifty community became obsessed with no you guys would never I hope the sun shines and it's a beautiful day and something reminds you you wish you had stayed. You can plan for a change in the weather and time, but I never planned on you changing your mind. (sighs) It wasn't like that. I was just trying to make the microphone pick up. It's like, (sighs) so, and there was no shaky breath on Last Kiss. Oh, you know, that is such a good song. Yeah, it's really one of her best. I was talking to the Snatchler the other day, and she just, like, couldn't possibly see where I was coming from. And I'm so happy for the Swifty community. And, you know, I feel like a a lot of, like, diehard Swifties these days are younger than some of the olders. But, like, when Speak Now came out, Speak Now Stolen Version, I was 18. Like, Mm -hmm. prime girlhood, you know, all of those things. And this album is just like so much a part of like my young yeah. adult life. Like Kristen just texted me like about a memory from us listening to Speak Now. And I'm just like the whole album is memories for me. And Margo was like it was for me too. I'm like bitch you were 12. No by the way facts. Bitch you were 12. Like who are you kissing with your last kiss? No I just Mar- – okay now I know Margo is going to listen to today's <laughs> episode because I have something crazy to say. <laughs> Margo is a huge Swifty. And I don't want to de, you know, delegitimize that. I'm scared. But Margo became like an insane Swifty like a few years ago. Like yeah. let's just call it what it is. Like I just want to say like 
even though like we clown on you because you're not like as diehard as us, like you and I were like in high school listening. Like Margot like knew Taylor Swift, of course, and like listened to a lot of her music, especially through us. But she became like staying up until midnight type of girl like a few years ago. A hundred percent. I feel like she would maybe admit that. I mean, who knows what she used to do with like her password secret journal, but. No, but I remember like the months when Margot like became an activated Swifty. Like I remember noticing and we were adults. I was like, oh, yes. Go yeah, off no, queen. It like, was love like that for you. It, recent history. Yeah, I want to say it might even be like lover. Maybe, oh, no, you know what? Maybe reputation. Yeah, but you're not going to like what I have to say. And I honestly don't know if I should even say it to like say start it. this episode on say it this foot say it like you became an activated Swifty in recent memory and I would say reputation okay ready ready I can rebut that's such a lie first of all because uh where did we go for my 21st birthday yeah we went to the Taylor Swift concert because that's like a fun thing to do for your birthday no, because I was a diehard Swifty even in 1989. Like, I have been here. I have been here for an extremely long time. Like, I own all the albums. Like, I was listening no, no, nonstop you, on, like, my you were, iPod. Like, a fan of her music in the same way that I was. But, like, you didn't become, like, you know, activated Swifty, staying up till midnight, like, laying your life on the line for Taylor until, I would say, the Reputation era. That's just such a lie. Like, that's such a lie. Such a lie. Okay. Like, ex- explain how I literally, oh my god, no. The way I used to stream, well not stream, listen on a loop to Mary's song, Oh My My My, from debut. Like, I was there from no, the beginning. Of course, you were always a fan of her music. Like, in the same way that I was, I, w- I would even accept that we were the same level of fans of her music. But I am not an activated Swifty, and that's a road that you went down. I guess, what would it be now, like six years ago? Okay, fine. I'll allow the slander to to assess that, yes, around 1989, I became, like, demonic. Fine. Yeah, and you, like, started a Swifty a fan account. And that, yes. like, and you started participating in, like, Swifty things. I was on, like, Tumblr Swifty, like, briefly before that. But, okay, fine. Sure. That's all I'm saying. Sure. What I was saying about Margo was, like, you know what? I'm not getting into this because Margaret's going to be mad at me for, like, you know, trying to, like, be competitive and saying that, like, I invented Taylor Swift. Yeah. Anyways, all I was saying is, bitch, you were 12. Like, who were you right. kissing? Bitch, were you were 12. <laughs> and never so we'd ever last. I'm excited to listen to the whole album, relive the memories. I also am excited to dive into the story where we talk about Speak Now because I have, like, kind of a hot take. I can't wait to hear it. I mean, we could dilly dally for a while which is always fun we could. But, but the stories like I do feel like we need to get into speak now tv the rest of the stories are really good and then we're going to recap kardashians with yes. the fifth and final story because we have some kardashian news so and um, I have a notes app list of bullet points that things I want to talk about while like kardashians was an amazing episode I actually had to write things down for what I needed to remember that's so exciting yeah okay so if there's nothing else if there's nothing else I think we could get into the fast five stories that you need to know And today's episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website, 
engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to content to time, all in one place and all on your terms. So there are so many fabulous features that Squarespace offers. Um, One of the ones that I really like is the ability to sell custom merch. So you can create passive income that engages your audience and scales your brand. You also can create an online store using Squarespace. So you can sell your products, whatever, you know, if you have an e-commerce business, you're starting a side hustle, you can do that with a Squarespace website. They also have really flexible website templates, so you can get started with one of their professional website templates with designs for every category and use case, and then you can customize your look, update your content, and add features to fit your unique needs. Also, they have um, the ability to help you with email campaigns, which can really drive sales and engage your audience. It's easily, it's really easy to collect email subscribers on your website, and then you can build connections, repeat business, etc., through regular email updates. So if you need a website for whatever it is that you're doing in life, Squarespace is the place to go. It is so easy to use, and we, of course, have a great deal for you. If you head to squarespace.com, you'll get a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com toast, and you'll save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. So again, that's squarespace.com toast to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Today's episode is also brought to you by Go Macro. In the fight, in the face of adversity and a fight for survival against cancer, Amelia and her daughter took their love to the kitchen and Go Macro was born. Now they're spreading the power of a balanced plant-based lifestyle across the country with Go Macro. It's available in 17 full-size mouthwatering flavors like, um, sorry, and not like, and they're also organic, vegan, gluten-free, kosher, non-GMO, clean, soy-free, which is fabulous. They are such good bars. Macro bars are made from a combination of plant-based ingredients that serve as a healthy and delicious way to keep you energized throughout the day. If you have a food allergy or a dietary restriction, Go Macro offers three delicious nut-free flavors, including oatmeal chocolate chip, maple sea salt, and sunflower butter plus chocolate. And they have 10 certified FODMAP-friendly flavors so that everyone can enjoy a delicious snack. So whether you're really particular or you have a bunch of restrictions when it comes to your diet, there is a Go Macro bar for you. We have Go Macro bars in the studio. I feel like one of us always has it in our purse. It's just so great to have because it keeps you full. It's really delicious and it's so good for you. Um, so you can elevate your snack game this summer by going to gomacro.com. And if you use promo code toast, you'll get 30% off plus free shipping on all or- orders over $50. Just place the order. It's so good to have these bars in your house. Like just keep them around. Get hungry if you're traveling. It's just like have a bar in your purse, especially these days. Flights always getting delayed, canceled. You never know where you're going to end up. So have a Go Macro bar in your purse. And you can also get a discount reminder when you go to gomacro.com and use promo code toast. You'll get 30% off plus free shipping on all orders over $50. All right. Thank you, Claudia. First story, Speak Now, Taylor's version is here. Headline news is that she has changed the misogynistic lyrics on Better Than Revenge. We all know in the original track from 2010, she said, she's not a saint and she's not what you think. She's an actress. Whoa. She's better known for the things that she does on the mattress. Whoa. However, for this version, she swapped out the latter part of the verse with, He was a moth to the flame. She was holding the matches. Whoa. That was terrible. That was was really off pitch. That was Oh, my God. Okay, wait. Hold on. Let me do the whole lyric. She's not a saint, and she's not what you think. She's an actress. Whoa. He was a moth to a flame. She was holding the matches. Whoa. Okay, our girl is struggling. Why is it so hard for me to do that? Well, I do want to say, like, this lyric was leaked, um, and I could not figure out, like, how it fit into the iambic pentameter. I was like, 
he and mom. And now when I heard it, it totally fits. It yeah. is like a strange lyric. It's not, it doesn't really fit in my opinion, but I'm just more so angry that our girl changed the lyric. And I get it, you know? Those were different times. Like, that's what we used to do. We used to just, like, shame other women. And we don't do that anymore, especially Taylor's, you know, a proud feminist. Like, I get it. I'm so angry. I'm so hurt. I'm so disappointed that this lyric is gone. Not because I, like, crave slut shaming. But, like, my God, who fucking cares? Like, it was literally 10 years ago. She hasn't changed one singular lyric on any of the re-recordings. And, like, I, I get why she did it. But, like, come on. It's such an iconic lyric. Also, like, these these albums are, like, time capsules. So, like, her re-recording them and not changing a single thing. At first, I was like, oh, this is boring, like, these re-records. But it's actually, it's what's it's what should be done. And it's what it's what's meant to be done so that we can continue to listen to all of our favorite, you know, teenage songs but you know they're Taylor's version and they remain unchanged. I I hate this. I can't lie. I hate. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. I also understand why she did it. I feel like it would be so incongruous to who she is now to like double down on the mattress dig. Yeah. But they are time capsules and I feel like it just sets this precedent of like, okay, so now if I have like a problem with any lyric, like is Taylor going to change that for me? Right. Right. I'm just, I heard rumors about it, but I'm like, there's no way. Because I remember when we were talking about her first re-release, Fearless, I thought maybe she was going to change a lyric um, to, I think it's in That's the Way I Loved You. Oh, he talk, wait, he's close to my mother and talks business with my father. And before we knew she wasn't going to change anything ever in these re-records, I'm like, I could see her actually flipping those roles because like women you know men business whatever but she didn't so she's just kind of set the precedent for like no, nothing changes yeah but now and now something's changed now the precedent has changed is what's changed yeah I'm I'm not thrilled with it and you know who I blame who Gloria Steinem <laughs> I saw people on Twitter are blaming Lena Dunham her too yeah I just ugh, it's like, it's okay. Not everything has to be, like, perfect in PC. Like, you can be problematic when you were a teenager who was angry about a girl who stole your boyfriend. Like, you're, it's okay. Right. And also, like, this isn't going to change anything. Like, that girl, the actress, she's finished regardless. Camilla Bell, go to her Instagram. I went last night at the comments. The Swifties are uh, a deeply unwell people. Are they mad at her? Yeah, like, not you making us change better than revenge lyrics. Oh, my God. They're not okay. Like, literally, that girl's career was never the same after this song. Mm- Never the same. Um, and not the Swifties, like, victim blaming. No, literally, they're they're wrong. Categorically they're wrong. For that. wrong. No, 100%. They're incredibly unwell. Yeah. Like, so I just feel like the, da- the damage is done, is what it is, yeah. you know? What is the damage? It's done. So. You might as well. You might as well. Um. Okay, now let's talk about the album in general. Here is my incredibly hot take. When Okay, so I remember with like Fearless and Red, when I listened to the re-recording, specifically, which one came first? Fearless, right? Yeah. Um, I remember feeling like kind of let down when I first started listening to the non-Vault songs because I'm like, this sounds exactly the same. And then, you know, with a little perspective, I was like, good. These songs should sound the same. We want to be able to like stream these feeling good, but like being able to have that element of nostalgia – they did not sound different at all. Yeah, it's like 
she's making a moment out of these re-recordings, but they're really just meant to like replace the songs in your playlist. Yes. So that the Scooter's not making the money. Yes. So I expected the same type of feeling. Am I the only one who feels like Speak Now Taylor's version sounds so different? Her voice is clearly so mature, but that really like wasn't an issue for Fearless and Red. And and Fearless was when she was even younger. So like I was like, what is going on? And it just, I don't know, this one didn't, it just feels, it feels weird. I can't explain it. Like I, I haven't sounds- listened to enough to say yes or no, but Snitch did post like her favorite song in the world is Long Live. And she like said Long Live was not long living, that Taylor sounds kind of angry and it's not as magical as the original version. And like certain, like very small, subtle changes like on how long she holds a note or she just kind of changes the pitch a little bit. Like she like was making changes on Speak Now. Like why? And I also felt like I listened to Better Than Revenge to hear the new lyric and I felt like it was almost like rushed a little bit. I feel like she was like rushing through the lyrics. I kind of like toss aways. Yeah, I don't know. There's something off, that feels off about Speaking Now TV, which I, and I can't precisely put my finger on it. Huh. But I will say, and why I always wait up, I wouldn't wait up till midnight to hear the same songs I've heard 30 times. I wait up for the vault songs. And the vault songs are really interesting. I think there's like five or six um, with Paramore, well, not Paramore, Haley Williams and Fall Out Boy. And Ben was listening with me and he loves that type of music. So we were listening together. He loved the Fall Out Boy one. It's called Electric Touch. It's so like rocker, you know? Um, and the Haley Williams one like kind of flopped. Me and Ben were like, this is so not Paramore. And it's not supposed to be Paramore because it's on Taylor's album. But like you would hope when two people collab, like they bring their energies. I don't know. I really did not like the 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 Haley Williams one. But, and I don't see enough people talking about when Emma falls in love. Like that to me is a pristine work of art. And I think a lot of people believe it to be about Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield because I think Emma and Taylor were like really close during Speak Now era. And that's when she like fell in love with Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man, et cetera. And it's really, like, such a cute, beautiful song. And a lot of the Vault songs are, like, extremely long, like, four or five minutes, which I love. A lot of the songs on this album are long. It was just, like, Dear a long-winded album. Last Kiss is, like, six minutes. Yeah. Dear John, I think, is, like, seven. Yeah. It's a long-winded album. It's an amazing album. Yeah. I didn't listen to the Paramore one yet. But what is the reasoning for collabing with Paramore and Fall Out Boy on this album? Like, she could do it with any artist, like, what is the backstory? Do you know? I don't know, but I feel like the collabs on um, the vault tracks are like symbolic of where Taylor was at musically during that time. So like with, you know, Fearless, she had Keith Urban and Marin Morris. Like she was clearly doing a country album. Mm-hmm. With Red, she had Chris Stapleton. I think that's it. Right? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that means. Right. But with, with this one, like, Taylor was, like, growing up, and a lot of the um, songs on Speak Now are, like, very rockery a little bit. They, like, haunted. And I feel like that was, like, what Taylor was listening to as, like, inspo during that time. Like, emo angsty. Yeah, giving, like, secondhand serenade energy, you know? Do you think if Panic! at the Disco was still together, they would have gotten that track? No, because Taylor's done, like, a lot of, like, a, a big song with Brendan Urie. Right, but and she loves him. He's one of her he's one of her guys. He is, but they haven't like been publicly linked in a while. And I do believe there were some like weird accusations made about Brennan Yuri. So maybe she's just like taking a step back. Interesting. It's it's impossible to keep up. 
Yeah. But I think people have been begging for a Fall Out Boy Taylor Swift collab ever since they performed together at the Victoria's Secret Fashion Show. She came out and performed, Ladders keep lighting with their bump. So about another pretty angel's Tip scars from tomorrow that I wish you could see. That you're the antidote to everything except for me. When did so she like perform a- with them? Was it during Speak Now times? It was. Or no, was she the- like 1989? No. Oh, yes. She sang Style. Mm. Okay. Oh, no, she's saying, I knew you were trouble. Wait, hold on. She performed at the, I knew you were trouble, what year? 2013. Speak Now came out when? 2010. 2010. Yeah. So, no. Okay, unrelated. Just a fun fact. Unrelated. Yeah, but I have to imagine that the choices for collabs, like, is indicative of where Taylor was at during that time. Like, what was she she inspired by? Yeah, while also being influenced by her today because mm-hmm. she's not going to work with people that she wouldn't stand by today. Yes. So I've only listened to the vault tracks, like, fully twice. It's literally been – I've been awake for two hours since Taylor – to Speak Now came out. Like, give me a break. Yeah, no, it's a lot. Everyone's like, rate your vault tracks. I'm like, shut up. I know. That's the hard part about being in this in the fandom. I know. The pressure. Know. It gets to be too much. Well, it's an exciting day for Swifties, and it'll be a fun weekend reliving. I mean, nothing will ever be better than, like, the Red re-release. That just, maybe because it was all too well, 10-minute version. Like, it just gave it us was, so much. I bet you think about me music video. There was so much given. Yeah. I mean, I was, like, kind of hoping for, like, a Dear John 10-minute version, you know? I feel oh. like she could go on. I, yeah. Yeah. But I don't think she wants to do that to John. Like, that would do exactly what All Too Well 10-minute version did to Jake because we got new, new information to be mad about. Mm-hmm. Also, have you seen that uh, John Mayer is, like, opening on tour for Ed Sheeran? Yeah. Which feels like Taylor gave her blessing, no? Like, I don't think Ed Sheeran would go behind her back and do that. Yeah. That's not so crazy to me that she would be, like, moved on. Over it. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Or maybe they'll get back together. I was really hoping Half of My Heart would be a vault song with featuring John Mayer, you know? Yeah. That's, like, the worst part of what John did to Taylor. Like, neither one of them ever acknowledges the absolute masterpiece that they created together. Half of my heart is a shotgun wedding to a bride with a paper ring. Ooh, half of my heart is the part of a man who's never truly loved anything. So good. So good. So enjoy Speak Now this weekend. If anyone has any further thoughts, feel free to share. Please, please do. Including you, Turdy Lou. I will. I mean, my God, can I get some time? I know. Everyone calm down. We'll regroup on Tuesday. I've only been here for two fucking days. But it's also like a fun little birthday treat for you. It is. It's it's treaty vibes. And I feel like there's still more surprises coming. You know, she doesn't just release. There's probably music videos, maybe Con- like a vault track. And at the concert, maybe like someone's coming out. Right, right, right. Like Haley Williams. Yeah, all out boy, yeah. Yeah, I would love that. But she usually gives people more time to learn her new songs before she plays them. Like, she released Hits Different and played it, like, a few weeks later. She likes people to be able to, like, chant the lyrics, which I wholeheartedly appreciate. Yeah, but you know if you're going to her next show, like, they are on AZ lyrics right now. Study. Studying. Study. They are studying. I'm not worried. They're pulling all-nighters. Yeah. (laughs) 
Our next story is the most random story. Victor Webinyama, who is a oh, yeah. NBA player, claims Britney Spears grabbed him from behind before his security's alleged assault. So Britney Spears alleged that she was slapped by a member of the San Antonio Spurs security team during an encounter with the NBA player. Victor Webinyama candidly addressed the situation in front of reporters. He said, I saw the news. I woke up to a couple phone calls. Something did happen a little bit when I was walking with some of the security team to some restaurant. We were in a hall and there was a lot of people, so people were calling me, obviously. He recalled hearing one person call his name repeatedly, but did not stop after being told by security that stopping would make a large crowd form. He said that person grabbed me from behind. I didn't see what happened because I was walking straight and they told me don't stop. But that person grabbed me from behind, grabbed on my shoulder. She grabbed me from behind, so I just know that security pushed her away. I don't know. Okay. I don't know with how much force, but security pushed her away. I didn't stop to look, so I kept walking and enjoyed a nice dinner. He didn't know that it was Britney Spears until a few hours later. I have like so many thoughts. And my first thought was like, I cannot hear the story about Victor Webb and Yama because Ben's best friend's yeah. name is Victor Weberman. And I'm like, what is Victor doing in Vegas? Okay, first of all. Second of all, I'm like, why? I was asking Ben a thousand questions because I'm like, why the fuck would Britney know? Like, a, I never heard of this person. I'm like, why would any, why would Britney know who this random NBA player was? And Ben's like, he's not random. He's like the next LeBron. He's seven six. He's like so major. I'm like, okay, that makes more sense. Okay. If like you're even remotely into basketball, you would know. Like, I know who LeBron James is, you know? So mm -hmm. I get that. Now, I don't understand why, like, anyone's security would slap someone. Like, I understand, like, maybe shoving or, like, holding them back. But, like, a slap? That's, like, what you do to your sister when she steals your jeans. Yeah, but I feel like it could be, honestly, it's giving, like, Sheena and Markel. It's like, was it a shove, a slap, an yeah. elbow? There's a lot of different ways to de describe, like, a, the forceful push of someone. Yeah. So I don't know that it's like a slap across the face like you think. Okay, yeah. I was I was thinking actually more, I was also thinking of Vanderpump Rules reference when Stassi backhanded Chris and Dodie. They were sitting next to each other in that booth. Yeah, but like if you took your, if you palmed someone's like shoulder and pushed them, yeah. like is that a slap on the shoulder? Kind of. So yeah. I think it's just like the language. Yeah, and Brittany's like so funny, like just going up to someone. Like you have your own security. Why don't you like arrange a meeting, you know? No, it's such. She just got excited. An odd story. It's incredibly bizarre. Um, I hope Brittany's like okay. Yeah. I don't know what to think here. This is just confusion central. Like, and what, I guess like. I don't know. Who doesn't recognize Britney Spears? He wasn't looking. But also the security guards, you know, I guess it's like on them. But still, if they saw it's Britney Spears, they're going to – there's already a crowd following him. They're going to stop everyone, like bring Britney into the fold. Now it's not just like, oh, my God, it's Victor. It's Britney too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Britney was just like roaming around these restaurants, like kind of unattended. I the stories know. like it just the more you think about it is like so it's so many questions right and like Brittany being a very public figure herself would know like if you're walking with security like and you try to touch someone like it's not gonna go your way yeah but she's Brittany so she's like no one's gonna touch me yeah perhaps it's it's very bizarre it is I hope that they can you know have a rapprochement and Brittany can get her fangirl moment her photo with Victor Webinyama yeah Wishing everyone the best. <laughs> Agreed. Are you ready for our next story? Mm-hmm. 
Vanderpump Rules star Ariana Maddox will be joining Dancing with the Stars oh, yeah. next season 32. This season on Dancing with the Stars, we are going absolutely mad, mad for Maddox. Said, Wait, it's, it's season 32 and still growing up, up now. now. Uh, Derek Huff said, introducing her, he said, say goodbye to the drama and hello to the dance floor. Uh, this was, like, heavily speculated, like, while the whole Scandal thing was, like, at its peak. And then a few days ago, Derek Huff was at something about her. They were, like, filming some stuff. So they did not keep this a secret very well. And I feel like they actually usually keep the Dancing with the Stars cast, like, they keep that secret very well. Yeah. Well, who knows who the rest of the cast is, but I also feel like sometimes they like to have, like, a couple teasers to get you interested in yeah. listening to who the other people are. Yeah, I don't watch Dancing with the Stars, especially after they moved off cable. Um, so this is, like, cool for Ariana, but I don't know. I feel like she's honestly, like, more famous now than Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, but I still think it's, like, probably a really cool experience and a challenge. I feel like everyone who does it, like, comes out of it, be, like, as if they just, like, train for the Marines. And not yeah, in, so like, true. In, not in a dramatic way. Like, there's something about it that's, like, extremely challenging for people. There's something about her. Sorry. I'm so curious who the rest of the cast is going to be, who her partner is going to be. Maybe a love match. <gasps> Maybe a love match. She has a boyfriend right now, and they're like, yeah. you know, loved up. Yeah. But I, I just I just don't feel like she should really be tied down because, like, she's no, in neither. her season. She's in her season. She's more famous than she's ever been. Like, maybe she could date someone, like, famous. Yeah. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. Even just a little fling. Even just a little fling. This is good for her. I like this. And you're right. People do always come off of Dancing with the Stars. Like, they're extremely fit, always. Oh, yeah. And they've got, like, injuries and bruises to prove it. No, and it's, like, either you get out, like, week one, two, or three, and you're, like, oh, my God, you know, I'm a titan of industry, but that was the hardest thing I've ever done. Yep. Or you go till the end and you are, like, extremely fit, swole, six-pack, like, you're going to do the Olympics next. Yeah, or, like, if you literally had, like, four pounds to lose, they put you on the cover of People magazine being, like, the Dancing with the Stars diet changed my life. Honestly, I need the Dancing with the Stars diet. Honestly, whenever I watch even one second of Dancing with the Stars, I'm like, I would never fucking do this. Like, the way that their feet are bleeding and they're up at that forlorn studio, like, at 6 a.m. every day until show day, like, kill me. No, that's something I would do. That's, like... You're up for the challenge? I'm up for the challenge, and I think I would enjoy it. And then, like, okay. the weight loss, like, wouldn't hurt. Of course Neither not. would being called the star. Neither would, you know, the platform. Neither would the platform. You know, it's not on cable. Like, I would still do it. Yeah, yeah. Prefer it on cable, though. <laughs> being in millions of homes. But I'd really do it for the weight loss. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's funny. I would really do it for the followers. Yeah, that's good too. Like the fame, like you, like you. There's a cult who watches Dancing with the Stars, and then they come and like see you on tour and shit. Like, yeah, that's what I want. Yeah, yeah. I think so, it would be good for business. There's a lot of perks. Having said that, like if I ever got offered, like I would really have to think about you it. You would like, have I honestly, to do it, bitch. I know, but like honestly, I don't think I could. I think you could. I think you would be like one of those people, and then you start talking about how you surprised yourself. And right. No, kind you, of like pickleball. You learn so much about yourself and this has just been like an amazing journey for you and you're so grateful. Or I would take the Lisa Vanderpump route and like fake an illness so I could go home. <laughs> I wouldn't let you. 
I'd expose you. I know you wouldn't. I know you wouldn't. I'd you would do you. like a podcast expose. I would like get a video of you like walking totally fine. I'd be like, she's fine. Walking <laughs> to the kitchen for a snack. <laughs> and I would say I would expose you if you quit. Literally. Look, she's been tampering with the competition. What are sisters for if not that, to keep you honest? To hold you accountable. Literally. <laughs> Literally. Oh, having said that, please don't ask me to come on. No one is. Ask her. No, please. Okay. Well, c- good luck to Ariana. They're filming Vanderpump Rules now, so, like, I wonder if they'll be crossover. Not a huge deal. It's in L.A., but... Tom Sandoval... Um, is filming. There were, like, rumors, but he is filming. Yeah, he had, like, a sit-down combo with Schwartz at mm-hmm. Tom. it looked like. They also, like, have been filming a lot at Tom Tom, and, like, Ariana went. Yeah, I mean, that's the biz. Yeah. I wonder if Tom Tom is suffering. Of well, you course, know, pump closed. Pump closed, but they're like funneling a lot of the pump personnel and tings into Tom Tom. Yeah. But I never thought about what this would mean for Tom Tom because Schwartz and Sandy's is obviously like taking. It was the, like it was the, the moment hit. right now. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's a good question. People literally know that Tom and Tom are 5% and they don't really see a return from Tom Tom. And it's more so like a hallmark of the show the and show. Lisa Vanderpump. So I feel like people can separate the two. But maybe it's yeah. time for a rebrand. Yeah. Perhaps. That would be crazy. Yeah. I don't think that it would happen though because Lisa's like stood by them and Tom Tom's going yeah. well for her. Yeah. Are you ready for our next story? Yes, ma'am. Tracy Chapman speaks out about Luke Combs's fast car cover. She says, I'm happy. So this is actually a really great story because Luke Combs's cover of Fast Car has hit number one on Billboard's Country Airplay this week. And um, it actually makes Tracy Chapman the first black woman as the sole writer to top the Country Airplay chart since its debut wow. in 1990. Yeah, she told Billboard, I never expected to find myself on the country charts, but I'm honored to be there. I'm happy for Luke and his success and grateful that new fans have found and embraced Fast Car. On top of being the first artist to drive Fast Car to a number one spot, he also earned number two on the Billboard Hot 100 this week, where Tracy's original version of the song peaked at number six. Plus, Billboard estimated that Tracy has already earned approximately half a million dollars in publishing royalties (gasps) since his album dropped in March. Wow. I mean, this the story of this song in general is just, like, so impressive, how it's really become timeless. And, like, a lot of DJs have done, like, remixes of it. Like, it really, I feel like every few years reaches, like, a new generation of people. And Luke Combs is obviously doing his part for the song. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's such a gorgeous song. And it's a song that so many celebrities have wanted to cover. And for some reason, you know, Tracy Chapman gave her blessing to Luke Combs. And I don't think maybe... She even really knew that it would do all of this. But this is just a fabulous story. Yeah, it is a really nice story. I also don't think it was like a single or anything. So it's just... It's having its moment. Having its moment, like genuine interest in word of mouth, not even like the machine pushing it there. It's just like a great song, a great artist. A grassroots movement. A grassroots movement, even though I'm not a part of the movement. Yeah, I know, because you actually don't like the the version. (laughs) But I but I love the news that it's making. Like, I, I love this. I love when, you know, something from 20, 30 years ago, like, that already had its shine, like, shines even brighter. Yeah, that happens a lot with TikTok. Like, these songs go viral. Do you know the um, 
Kate Bush song, Running Up That Hill. Yeah, you've told me about it. And then it was oh, in okay. Stranger Things or something. Yeah, like it's a song from maybe the 80s or 90s. And it was like popular back then. And it literally hit like the Billboard Top 10 last year because kids on TikTok discovered it. If I only could. And then it was in, yeah, Stranger Things. Like it's cool. Yeah, it is cool. Teaching the youth. And it's cool to be recognized again, you know? Yeah, for, from like a whole new generation of people. That's called timelessness. And I feel that way all the time. It's like so many songs that came out so long ago like are still so amazing. Like they don't have to mm-hmm. go in the garbage can. Right. We just like cycle through music so quickly these days. Mm-hmm. So it's nice when we stop and, you know, take a look back at where we came from. Totally. It's beautiful. Are you ready for our fifth and final story? That's going to lead into the TV recap that is brought to you by, is that it? That is it. It's going to lead into the TV recap and it's brought to you by Dreamland Baby. I want to introduce you to a product that over half a million parents, including me, use to help their baby sleep. The Dreamland Baby weighted sleep sacks and swaddles. It started with Tara, a mom who couldn't get her baby to sleep. She was exhausted, frustrated, and searching for answers. Ain't that the truth, mamas? Her solution was to create a gently weighted sleep sack that your baby can safely wear to help them feel calm, fall asleep faster, and stay asleep longer. So the award-winning doctor-approved Dream Weighted Sleep Sack is the only sleep sack that features CoverCom technology, which is evenly distributed weight from baby shoulders to toes that naturally reduces stress, allowing your little one to relax and sleep soundly. Just like a weighted blanket helps adults relax and sleep soundly, these gently weighted sleep sacks will help your baby feel calm. It's very much like a hug. A little mother's love. And your baby can do anything in this sack that they can do in a non-weighted sleep sack. You know, so if your baby is standing, they can do that in the weighted sack. No problem. So we love the Dreamland Baby sleep sack in our household. Sleep sacks have solved so many nighttime tings for us. And I would totally recommend it to new mamas who have tried everything. And it's just, you know, sleepful nights are not, are just not happening for them right now. The best news is that they're offering an exclusive discount to the Toast listeners. Just head to dreamlandbabyco.com slash pages slash toast and use code toast at checkout to get 20% off and put your sleepless nights to rest because when baby sleeps good, mama sleeps better. Today's episode is also brought to you by BetterHelp. Sometimes in life, we're faced with tough choices, and the path forward isn't always clear. So whether you're dealing with decisions around your career, your relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make the right decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. And BetterHelp is an amazing resource if you've been thinking about starting therapy. Why don't you give BetterHelp a try? The best part of BetterHelp is that it's done entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no charge. You know, life is so crazy. Sometimes it's nice to just settle down. We move so quickly. Take an hour, once a week, whatever you're comfortable with, and just slow down and figure out how you can be the best version of you so you can be the best version, you know, for other people. So what I love about BetterHelp is that because it's done entirely online, it's really accessible, and a lot of, like, the awkward social interactions that are included with in-person therapy are eliminated here so you can do video chat you can do text you can do phone call whatever medium is easiest and makes you most comfortable so let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. visit betterhelp.com slash toast today to get 10 percent off your first month that's betterhelp h-e-l-p.com slash toast betterhelp.com slash t-o-a-s-t 
Never, there's never a bad time to take charge of your mental health, and BetterHelp is always there for you. So betterhelp.com slash toast will get you 10% off your first month, and you won't regret it, truly. You won't. Thanks, Claude. You're welcome. Our fifth and final story, new Skim Swim campaign stars Jenny McCarthy and Carmen Electra. They're reuniting for the new sexy campaign, the 90s icons posed in Skim Swimwear, in a shoot that captures the sizzling heat of the summer and also like the sizzling heat of these 90s icons. No, and these bodies. Oh my God. These bodies. So they look amazing. They look amazing. I literally was like, had to like rewatch it because I was like, was this shot today? They look so unreal they're like rocking bods and it's just giving the energy of the 90s and skims always does really topical campaigns um yeah but this to me just like hit different the former mtv icons and dirty love co-stars have reunited in a shoot that captures the sexiness and fun of summer and the women's agelessness in the just released photos they pose together washing a sports car holding electric guitars and eating ice cream all while in skim swimwear it was also giving like carl's jr yes by the way that's an amazing call um I was also like confused everyone was like these two are reuniting I'm like what were they on together like I didn't know that they had a thing together what was it you just said MTV girls and dirty love co-stars I don't know what that is yeah but I've never heard of dirty love like I feel like it would be like Melrose Place or something like no by the way I was like were these two on Beverly Hills 90210 or like like, they watch it's giving Carl's Jr. I also just want to say, like, something I so appreciate about Skims is, like, they really do the most to be, like, incredibly inclusive without sacrificing, like, the glamorousness. I I feel like when, when brands want to be relatable, they have, like, you know, models with no makeup and, like, yeah, why, do, why, why, why does it have to be inclusive and lose that element of, like, fabulousness? It's, like, so real. All of a Nobody sudden, it's, real. like, so ugly and hairy and smelly. <laughs> Yeah, like what is that? And I feel like Skims does such a good job of being like gender inclusive, um, gender inclusive, size inclusive, age inclusive, race inclusive, and it's like it's not giving like that corny inclusive vibe. You know what I mean? Yes, totally. But then when you think on it, it's like, oh yeah, I guess these women like wouldn't have been tapped for a no. bathing suit campaign right now. But like, I'm glad they were. Right. Like I think that's such an underappreciated. Um, element of the brand where it's like in this day and age people you know will have these campaigns that like check certain boxes but I don't know but it doesn't make me feel like fabulous but I feel like with every single Skims one I feel like she just did the Ice Spice one and then she had like the Victoria's Secret which like sounds like non-inclusive but these are like 50 year old women like yeah it really it it slaps every time major kudos I lo- I cannot say enough about Skims as a brand. Oh, and that was like a rant I was going to go on yesterday, but I remember I didn't. Skims is like literally huge. You know? I feel like they're bigger than Spanx, like in terms of shapewear. I feel like not even in terms of shapewear, but just in terms of um, undergarments and things. Like, yeah. Like if I wanted, you know, fresh undies or fresh bralettes or something, like I would go to Skims. And I guess if I was getting a, wanted to get like a pair of control top shorts, I don't yep. know. I guess I would go to Skims now because I have so many pairs that I love, but I feel like they just like totally captured like the loungewear category and like essentials. Yeah. And now I find myself like if I need undergarments girdles whatever I totally go to Spanx I mean excuse me Skims if I need clothes these days I go to Spanx like Spanx really kills the clothing game and Kim doesn't do Kim doesn't really do um like outerwear or like things you leave your house in it's really like loungewear 
pajamas, undies. Bra- I mean, I'm wearing the Skims bralette right now. Yeah, and, and staples, like T-shirts, staples. Right, and how you know, like, how you know a brand is, like, really, like, I, I feel like it's such a next-level, like, billion-dollar brand. And how you know that is, I feel like the word Skims has become a word, kind of how Spanx was. Like, are you wearing Spanx? People will say now, like, I'm wearing Skims. Like, it, it almost becomes ubiquitous, not yet, like, Band-Aid, but kind of. No, I don't feel that way. And I actually feel like even though Skims, like, started as, like, a shapewear company and a direct competitor to Spanx and on its face like they are you know at odds I actually I feel like Kim's gone in like a totally different direction where it's like I don't feel like I have to choose between Skims and Spanx no I agree like I own I I own copious amounts of each I think that's also due in part to like a very clear directional change from Spanx recently into making the best clothes ever yeah like when I think of Spanx I think of my amazing pants I don't really think of like shapewear anymore yeah. So everyone stays winning. Sarah Blakely and Kim. Totally. They're both on the Forbes Women's Richest Right, in right, right. There's yes. room for everyone. It's so true. It's so true. So let's talk about Kardashians. Yes. Let me pull up my notes full of things I needed to talk about here. Um, okay, so obviously the episode started with like the big, the big sit down between Kim and Courtney. We didn't know if we were going to get it. We got it. And I have to say... We got it. Like, I feel like they did not just kind of scratch at the surface. They had, like, a really deep conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were a few things. You know, you really put me on Team Courtney um, after you offered just kind of, like, your like her rebuttal. Yeah, I wasn't even necessarily Team Courtney, but I could really see her side mm-hmm. and just understand how she felt. And, like, I felt like this wasn't, like, a... Um, I felt like this was a, a an actual conversation that needed to be had, not just like, oh, I'm Team Kim because I'm literally always Team Kim. Even after, not just on principle, but like she just, I always agree with her. But this time I was like, you know what, Courtney like is entitled. To yeah. So I went, I went into it like really seeing Courtney's side. Yeah. But you know that didn't really hold true during the conversation, and and it wasn't necessarily because of like things that were said, but like. First of all, like, Courtney, before she had the conversation, she was like, I really don't want to have this conversation with Kim. She's just going to be, like, on her phone the whole time. And, like, literally halfway through, Courtney starts scrolling on her phone. So I'm like, okay. Okay, I thought um, that – I literally had the same thought, but then she put her phone down pretty quickly. Maybe she just, like, had to respond to a text, like, about her kids. Like, I okay. felt like I could move – it was annoying, and I was like, oh, wow, she's being a hypocrite. But she wasn't, like, scrolling mindlessly. Like, she did something on her phone, and she put it down. Like, yes, it was just – it was funny. Yeah. Given that she had made a point to and me that like, Kim's going to be on Maybe her phone. Kim picked up her phone at some point, but that didn't make the the edit. So what I thought was really interesting is that I I think Kim made some fire points, but she didn't actually make them to Courtney. She made them in her confessionals. Like we didn't know about Andrea Pocelli, and I didn't really even put together that Kim also got married in Italy. So it's like they're going, they're having this conversation, and the more they're talking about it, the more stupid it is. Like they're talking about vibes and countries. Like you can't own a vibe and you can't own a country. And you know what? Kim did make some good points. Like no one's trying to infringe on your identity. Like your identity is rocker. She's literally sitting there in a hoodie with studs on it. And like she's trying to say her vibe that like she owns is La Gelche Vida. But it's like actually not. If we're, if we're talking about vibes that people own, Courtney's is punk rock. The whole episode she's wearing like band t-shirts that are like lime green and black. And if we're talking about vibes, Kim's is like minimalist concrete, you know, Mm -hmm. and spandex. So I feel like Kim was actually making some really good points just in terms of like the nitty gritty. And then when she started to make those points, Courtney was like, okay, but like we don't need to like, you know, talk about the details. Like once Kim started to like make a little bit of sense and like progress in her, in her argument, 
Courtney was like, okay, but it's not about that. Like, we, yeah. and then she tried to like psychoanalyze why Kim took this deal, trying to make it like deeper and make Kim kind of feel bad for warn- wanting success. And I thought Kim's response, where where Courtney was really trying to come at it like as an angle to make Kim sound like greedy or vapid or materialistic. No, or no, she was trying to make Kim see or realize that like there's something that she's trying to fill inside of her, like that she's not. Um, like she's Happy. always chasing something. It wasn't. It stopped being about like greed and just more so about like why can't like there's a hole or something like that. That's what it sounded like she wanted yes. Kim to admit. Like there's this gap, and you keep trying to fill it with like more and more success. But I really felt like Kim's response to that was totally fair. She's like, I wanted to challenge myself to do something that like people have been telling me I can't do. And accomplish something. And I actually felt like at first, maybe I would have agreed with Courtney. Like, what is Kim, you know, searching for? But Kim's response, like, made a lot of sense to me. And, like, it's okay to want to prove people wrong and to accomplish things and challenge yourself. And I felt like her answer was really good enough. Yeah, I agree. I think people are just inherently different. Like, some people Mm -hmm. are just, like content with what they have when they reach a certain point and that's like a beautiful thing but that's not that doesn't hold true for everyone and some people like keep wanting like to break new barriers and do new things and challenge themselves and it doesn't necessarily mean that they're like running from something or they like are incapable of being content like it's just a personality difference and I do think sometimes like people are running from something and they don't want to go home so they do the next thing and the next thing and the next thing I don't think that's what it is for Kim I think she's just someone who's like deeply ambitious and I think she spent so many years kind of like being the shit on everyone's shoe yep. that now that she's at the top she's like I will not stop until I've conquered everything so that every person who doubted me can be proved wrong right and I deeply respect that I actually really do um and it just felt like Courtney is content and she was kind of you know being like a little bit moral high ground high horse to Kim like who's not content but I also think it's unfair of her to say that because it's not like Courtney gets these opportunities and turns them down, you know? So she can only speak from her experience, which is different than Kim's. Yeah, but you see it in the way that Courtney, like, approaches business and stuff. It's like she, yeah. you know, kind of fell into poosh eventually. But she never, like, was like, okay, we have to start a business. Like, I have to capitalize. Like, everything she's done has really been, like, a natural progression of who she is and then, like, an extension of her personal brand, which is lovely. But that doesn't mean that it has to be that way for everyone. Like, people are yeah. are allowed to, be like, be more strategic and yeah. not just, like, I guess I'll start a business today because it feels like the right time. And that's not – neither of those are better or worse. They're just different. Yeah. And I just felt like Courtney was being, like, really judgmental. Yeah, but it also then became, like, this is not about D&G. Well – and and it, it clearly was not about D&G because Kylie had the exact same thing. Yeah, okay. And Courtney wasn't upset. Like, there is something between Courtney and Kim. There's something that Courtney sees in Kim that, like, she really doesn't like. And so every time Kim is Kimming, Courtney's mm-hmm. like, well, this is what I'm talking about. And it's like, what is that deeper issue? I do not know. Yes, that was my next note when she said, like, Kim brought up the fact that Kylie had this campaign right after the wedding and, you know, you didn't say anything. And she's like, yeah, well, like, Kylie's just in Kylie world. And then, she, like, Chris was a major factor in this, too. But she held really no ill will or didn't need to sit down with Chris or Kylie. Like, she was really only mad at Kim, thus proving that it's really not about Dolce & Gabbana. Like, these two just, like, do not see each other at all. Like, they do not get along. There's, like, this inherent... I don't know what it is, but there's like a disconnect between them. And that's what they were saying. Like, we don't talk anymore. We don't hang out anymore. And just because someone's married and in a different place like with a sister, like, does not mean 
that the friendship is over. Fine. I could see how two friends would grow apart when one of them starts, you know, in a totally different place. Like, you don't have that much in common anymore. But that's not a thing with family. No. And she, Courtney said, like, I have time. Like, Travis is in the studio. Like, it's not like I don't yeah. have – I'm in my bubble and I have no time for anyone. So it's just, like, what she's choosing to do with her time. Also, I feel like when it came to Kylie and Chris, like, maybe it's just that Courtney has, like, such high expectations for her relationship with Kim. They're 18 months apart, which I didn't even realize. And, like, the way that Kim, Courtney, and Chloe are is different than how each of them is with, like, Kendall and Kylie. Like, they're just, yes. like, younger sisters. And there's less expectation. And then also it became clear in this episode that like Courtney has like a lot of beef with Chris. I think she just like, I think she's just accepted that Chris is like kind of a political animal and just is always going to be business focused and like, like almost like rank her children as it relates to business. And like, that's just who she is. And I feel like maybe for Courtney, it's like having grown up with Kim, it's like, I I have higher expectations that you would care more about. Yeah. But, but for Kim, it must be frustrating because it's like selective outrage, outrage from, yeah. from Courtney. Yeah, and you also can't read people's minds. Like, if she told her about a D&G collab, and even though the collab changed over the months that they were doing mm-hmm. it, but, like, there was never a big outburst when she was doing the initial collab. It's like, oh, you, you're okay with me doing Skims X Dolce, but you're not okay with me doing a Kim Dolce fashion show. Yeah. And I get, when Courtney gets into the points, like, yeah, it was similar to her wedding and, and that was really personal to her. And so she's fair to feel that way. But it's like, at what point is Kim supposed to know, like, this court crosses Courtney's line, but this doesn't? No, and just the more they went into the details about Dolce & Gabbana and vibes in Italy and La Dolce Vita, it really was so stupid. I'm like, okay, and? Yeah. Like, it's a dumb fight, but it's one of those fights. It's not about what they're fighting about, you know? There's, like, a a bigger issue here between the two of them. Yeah, which they did not get to. No. Um, But the episode, like, I thought it would be boring after that because that was, like, the big thing we were waiting for. But I have to say, the episode was fabulous. Like, there were so many things that happened. Um, First was Chris's birthday party, which I loved. The girls looked so funny. North is so funny. It was just great. The speech thing was hilarious. Like, it was a good, it was a good episode. Everyone was being funny. And then why so wasn't Kendall about, dressed up? Yes. I feel like she was probably coming from somewhere, but from a shoot, yeah. throw a wig on. Like not all of you have to be in glam for five hours. Just like put a wig on and like wear Chris's pajamas. Like, yeah, that was weird. It was. She was the only one. And Kathy Hilton. Of course, Kathy Hilton. I loved just getting a small glimpse of Queen Kathy. Yeah, but it was a really nice uh, birthday affair. Treat. Yeah. And it was interesting how everyone was talking about, like, how weird, not weird, or how nice it was that Courtney threw it. Like, they were shocked. Yeah, I guess they don't have, like, the greatest relationship. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Kim showed us her Malibu house, or what will be her Malibu house. That was, like, a little boring. um, But happy for her. Yeah. And then the Kanye stuff. Which I didn't know that they were going to address at all this season as directly as they did. Um, which I appreciated. I don't, I'm not one of those people who feels the need for like Kim to speak up every time Kanye does something crazy. I think that's like an extremely unreasonable thing to ask of someone. Um, but I did find it interesting to hear what she said. And to be honest, I I thought the most interesting part when she was having that breakdown was when Chloe opened up and she was like, you don't think I feel bad about Lamar? Like I, that honestly, that part like made me tear up, like how they just take on other people's shit. And yeah. blame themselves. Yeah, as much as, like, they addressed it, they didn't really talk about 
anything specific, but I think that's the inherent uh, conflict that Kim has with herself. It's like she has so much that she wants to say, I'm sure. But she every time she goes to say something, she's always going to think of her kids first. And so she's not going to say anything. So even, you know, when it, when it was happening, like on Twitter, she said as little as she possibly could, because I guess people were demanding that she say something. And I totally, like, I don't know who was making those demands, like, but it was unnecessary. Yeah. And then even on the show, it's like, okay, we're going to talk about it on the show because this is our platform. But still at the end of the day, like, I'm going to put my kids first. And so I'm really not going to say anything other than like I'm feeling internal conflict. But when you listen to the conversation, like she just kept saying like I feel so bad. Like I'm so – I'm having such a hard time. And like she didn't explain like why she felt bad or what's hard or like what what her like personal internal thoughts are about it because she's not going to speak ill of the father of her children, which I totally respect. And so it's like as much as you want answers for Kim, from Kim, like she's always – she probably like goes, does the mental gymnastics and then it's like, but the kids and then everything else falls to the wayside. Yeah, but I did think it was really interesting and I think she's getting some backlash for saying like once she posted something in support of the Jewish community, then it was like, you know, everything else fell. Then Adidas dropped him and she felt really bad about that. Um, and I think she's just getting some like shit for that. But I, I weirdly understand what she meant um, because this is the father of her children and and no matter what they do, you don't want them to um, fail, even if they deserve it, because that's, you know, who your kids look up to and that's who's going to take care of your kids if anything happens to you. So, like, I, I, I understand how it sounded weird, but I weirdly understood what she meant. Yeah, and also just, like, the way I remember it, I feel like that's not what happened, but I can imagine No, but for her, it felt that way, if, but in real life, it had nothing to do with Kim posting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. So it's just like a really hard spot for her to be in. I thought it was a great episode, honestly. Yeah, it was good. Like there was, um, it was good. Yeah. Um, I thought this was a great episode. Always when it's the swirlies. The last episode with Claudia being this 21. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there is no episode on Monday because it's my birthday. So make sure to wish me happy birthday, bitches. And we're back on Tuesday. I hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you so much for listening to the Tesla Millennial Morning Show where we deliver the fast five stories you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast and every podcast will be found. So it's Spotify, News, Public Radio, 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 all the places where we visit podcasts. My notes are Josie, the fast story, be better, beautiful, stunning, and wickedly talented we are. Hope you guys have an amazing weekend and we'll see you on Tuesday. Love ya. Bye.